condemnation. And, you know, guilt and condemnation feels crappy, right? We hate it. We hate it as people. And, you know, we were meant to be free, but we were also meant to have a conscience. And, you know, usually when we are are dealing with the issue of sin, uh, and I would define sin as a false way of being, right? A false identity out of which we, our behavior sucks. Okay. And we do sinful things, uh, because, uh, you were made in the image and likeness of the one who is perfectly holy and, and you were made without spot or blemish and being born in a, in a world that is fallen. We learn ways that stem from this concept of being separated from God, where we violate love, right? Because if you're one with God, when you think about this, if you're completely one with God, seamlessly, not because of your behavior or even your choice, uh, the word talks about God choosing you before the foundation of the world. So it's not even your choice, but you come in the factor of agreeing with his choice. He chose you. Jesus said, you didn't choose me. I chose you uh, to bear fruit that remains. And and how do we bear fruit that remains is by choosing him back. So in the places that feel disconnected, what do we do? Uh, that's, that's, that's the, uh, that's the issue of being an orphan, right? Where we feel disconnected. We don't have a father or we have a distant father. We have an angry father or we have a father who's all about performance. We have a father who's good until he's not, right? And so um, we have a father that kind of looks down on us, that we're kind of a second rate child, uh, black sheep, whatever. And we're not really sure that we're accepted. And if you're not accepted and loved in the ugly struggling parts, you're not accepted and loved. And I'm not saying that the ugly parts, the sinful ways of being uh, that cause sinful behavior are good. I'm saying they need a savior who heals us so that we remember who we are and our behavior comes up to that level. And so uh, so in this place where we violate that, uh, we start to feel guilt in the place where we violate that and maybe we feel guilt, but then we go on further, we feel condemned. And there's a difference between guilt and condemnation. Guilt is I did bad, like I really did. And I feel badly about that. Condemnation is I am bad, right? And so for someone who has a shame-based nature, uh, that kind of thing, uh, the I am bad, that lie, which is a lie, uh, seems to be confirmed by all this behavior that proves that I am bad. If you really knew me at my core, you wouldn't like me. If I, if you really knew me at my core, God, God doesn't like me. I'm snow covered down, right? And, and if it weren't for Jesus covering me, right, I'd be toast. And that is such a lie. Because if you were created in the image and likeness of God, and God is good and he is love, that means you're in the image and likeness of love. 
and you are good (laughs) at your core. And so the issue is waking up to that truth so you can be who you are. Now, when in our fallen ways of being and pick a card, any card, because this is a level playing ground, we've all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Okay. That's a thing. Okay. But in that place where we've sinned, you know, we have, we, God made us to be free and we have two different uh, ditches we can fall into with the sin issue, the sinful behavior, uh, fallen ways of, of being, um, a mistaken identity, all that kind of stuff out of which we operate because we're, if, if we're like Jesus, we're going to operate like Jesus as he is. So are we in this world? Right. And the more we track with that in the inner man, not just in our head, right? We don't operate out of our heads. We operate out of, of programming really in our hearts and the heads matter because it affects the heart. But the truth is, uh, your subconscious realm, your heart realm, moves a whole lot faster with your default programming than your head realm, okay? So it will always trump it. So this is healing us in our hearts, how we see ourselves, how we see God, because if we see God as basically sinful <laughs> because he's got an anger management problem, well, it's going to be pretty hard to track with who we are. That's a hellish uh, it's a hellish doctrine, penal substitution, all of that kind of thing, because number one, it accuses God of being evil, and um, and then it also accuses him of not being love, of violating himself. And then we can't even be who we are because we're he's our he's our he's our foundation. And if our foundation is shaky, we're screwed. And if and if Jesus does not look like the Father, I, I think it says somewhere he's the express image of the Father. Then the Trinity is not whole or integrous because they're different. Now you know this is the issue. They're the same, but distinct right they're one but distinct so but but distinct so if you've seen me you've seen the father so if you've seen jesus and he looks lovely and he looks like truth and he looks like forgiving keeping no records of wrongs that's what the father is okay and so any any part of scripture that does not line up with that is a veiled scripture right is a misunderstanding why because that's who god is He's, he's light. There is no shadow of turning. He's not light except for when he's dark or we're not calling evil. Good. We're just good is good. Right. And we're not calling darkness light. No, he's, he's light. And so all of that. So just to help you with with the God piece. (laughs) So getting back to what I was saying, two, two ditches we tend to fall into. We tend to fall in to guilt and condemnation. Uh, I'm bad. Um, or we tend to fall into there's no such thing as sin. And um, and so it's kind of a lawlessness where we get where basically uh, it's it's kind of a self-exaltation. So like if 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 you exalt yourself, it's the pride of self-exaltation. It's narcissistic. And it kind of says, well, I get to be my own God. I get to find what is good and evil. Um, that is a fallen state because apart from him, we can do nothing, but as we remain in him, we bear much truth. So when you, when you basically say, no, we're just going to redefine, there is no such thing as sin or, or I, there's such thing as sin, but it's not a level playing ground. I get to decide what it is and what it isn't. And you know what? We are confused and we're just not that smart because apart from him, we can do nothing. And so it's a self-willfulness 
and where we're self-willful and basically basically saying, I am God, right? Uh, that, you know, I am God. I don't need God to tell me what's right and wrong. Like you're the person of truth probably knows truth and can probably help you with truth. We're probably confused. And, you know, this is where we're blind in that. And so this is a ditch of kind of self-willfulness, self-pride. Um, and and the truth is God the, the the place of safety with that because you because ultimately God wants to heal your heart so you can trust yourself but not apart from him okay so this apart from him business uh in the pride issue leads to a lot of crap and this is where we get narcissistic right and so God will have humble dependent kids um and if you look at Jesus Jesus is humble and also he's interdependent in with the Trinity. And that's how he we're, we're made to be in the image and likeness of God, to be humble, but dependent. And then you have the other ditch of guilt and condemnation. Now, first of all, just want to say something. Jesus actually did something on that cross. He did a lot of things on that cross. Uh, number one, he he showed the nature of the father who sacrifices for his kids, right? This is what love looks like, sacrifices for the kids that rebel against him, that insist on in our rage and our wrath to take it out on a, a on a sinless, uh, sinless human, that kind of thing. But he insisted on doing that because going down to the depths of our depraved ways of being. Notice I didn't say identity. We're not depraved in our identity, in the essence of who we are. We're the essence of, of in the image and likeness of God. He's our father. So little G God to big G God. We're not big G God. We're not the narcissist thing, but we are a little G God, which means we look just like our daddy, right? By design, by his design, right? We didn't create ourselves. Okay, Mr. Narcissist, we didn't do that. Okay, so, uh, but in the place where we tend to fall into condemnation, um, you know, Christ said, let me think, oh yeah, Romans 8, what? In Christ, there is no condemnation. There is zero, nada, nothing. Um, <clears throat> so uh, Romans 8, 1 through 3, Passion Translation, it says, now the case is closed. So which means there is no argument, okay? So if there's something in you arguing with that, that needs to be healed. But from the standpoint of truth, Okay, case is closed. There remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in life union with Jesus, the anointed one. Okay, so if you think the loophole is whether or not you're joined to Christ, you don't understand that Christ chose everyone individually before the foundation of the world and actually humanity. Christ didn't just die on the cross for you personally, which he did. He died on the cross for humanity, okay, in toto, all right, as humanity, for the ones who choose him back, for the ones who give him the flying finger. He didn't ask our opinion. He didn't He didn't ask your opinion about whether he you would be joined to him before the foundation of the world. He just did it, right? You didn't get a vote. Now, you get a vote, it's important. You can choose him back. And by all means, do that, because if you don't choose him back, you're not going to experience what the truth is of his choice for you, 
right? So in that, Jesus did all this as the lamb slain before the foundation of the world, Papa in Christ, Holy Spirit in, in the unity of the Trinity, all is one, choosing you before the foundation of the world, joining you to Christ, in Christ, before the foundation of the world. So because of that, and he's made you the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So in Christ, you're the righteousness of God. Let me just help you. You're never not in Christ. There are times in your mind when you feel separate, but that's called delusion. Okay. That's not called truth. That's called a lie because you are not that powerful to separate you from the one who loved you and gave himself up for you. That is a, such an eternal, like oh, I can rest. So in the ways where I'm stupid, I'm blind. I give God the fine finger because of whatever, because of what's happened in my life, whatever, um, uh, or whatever. Okay. Um, I, I can't separate myself. I'm just not that powerful. Isn't that great? But I can be separated and alienated in my mind. And that's where you experience hell. Let me just help you. That's where you do experience condemnation because in your mind, you feel separate, but it's a lie because you're not. God didn't separate himself. If he's omnipresent, that means he's in all creation, including all of his kids. And he's trying to reconcile the world to him. That That, that is his job, right? He says, he says, God's not reconciled to us. So we need to be reconciled to him in our minds, in every place that feels separate, in every place that feels unworthy. Lie, 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 lie. Okay. So there's no accusing voice of condemnation because those are joined in life union with Christ. That's everybody. The anointed one for the law, the spirit of life flowing through the anointing of Jesus has liberated us from the law of sin and death. So there's a law of sin and death that's us operating as if we're separate. We don't know who we are. And because of that, we do sinful behavior. And in that place, we reap death because there's no life outside of life. God is life. <laughs> there's no, there's no uh, truth outside of truth. God is truth. So it's, and it's all in our minds and our ways of being, and it can be a real stronghold, meaning it has a stronghold, but it doesn't mean it's truth. Okay. Um, for God achieved what the law was unable to accomplish. Why we couldn't do this because of the law was limited by the weakness of human nature. What is the weakness of human nature in, in our flesh and our fleshy realms that operate as if we're separate from God. Right. Um, and, and so we couldn't get there from here, right? So there's no accusing voice. We need to choose him back. We need to get the feeling that the accusing voices we have are our own voices or other voices, um, but it's not the voice of God. And so God wants to heal. Neither do I condemn you. Now go and sin no more, right? The woman caught in adultery, right? So what was the first thing? It's like, nope, I'm not condemning you. Yeah, you totally did that. You're broken. You didn't know who you are. You were looking for love in all the wrong places. You feel like a piece of crap. So you act like a piece of crap. Right? And so, right. I mean, this is just what it is. And then you maybe treat other people like crap. It's just a thing. And so when, when that's, that's a thing. Um, but he forgives you. Neither do I condemn you. Now, when you're not condemned, now you can go no sin. Why? Because you're finally connecting with who you are. You were uncondemnable because you were in Christ. He chose you. He called her a daughter. Do you realize she didn't actually choose Jesus, right? She didn't say, hi, I want to follow you. He called her a daughter because she was a daughter. She hadn't done anything brilliant yet, <laughs> right? And so, but because she was a daughter, she was told who she was. And she was told that in her fallen way of being, that was every bit as destructive and bad as her counterpart did, <laughs> 
<laughs> that we don't hear about, right? That God was not condemning her. Now, because of that truth, she could go sin no more. Listen, when you know who you are, you realize, wow, I don't need to sin. I'm not separate. I don't need to self-protect. I don't need to find love in all the wrong, wrong places. I don't need to steal, kill. I don't, I'm so adored. I'm going to be provided for. I'm going to be protected. I'm going to be healed. I'm going to be delivered. I'm going to be provided for. There's nothing that is in Christ that's not available to me because I'm adored. I'm one with, with God. I'm not condemned. I, I, uh, this, my sins are cast from the East, from the West. You know, love is keeping no records of wrongs. Yeah, but we tend to. And so in the place, and so sometimes we need to forgive ourselves. We definitely need to do that because we violated our own conscience. Listen, if your conscience is bugging you, it means that you have probably have a good one. Either you have false guilt, got to talk to Jesus about that, or you have true guilt, which you probably need to talk to Jesus about that too. Receive his forgiveness, forgive yourself, let his blood cleanse your conscience of where it's been violated so you can go sin no more. See, this is all about you being uncondemnable in Christ, right? Uncondemnable in Christ. And the guilt thing is a forgiveness issue and receiving that forgiveness. And then, wow, you might adore him back. You might learn to adore yourself and treat yourself as if you're worthy of not having to sin, not having to have these fallen ways of being. Why? I'm not separate. I'm adored. Why am I doing that? It's like eating dirt. I don't want to eat dirt, right? (laughs) It's not attractive. Right. And you can look at the places where you have grown in your behavior where, wow, you used to this, 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 this and this. And now you look at it's like, yuck, Right. Because you've grown. You've grown in who you are and understanding who you are and understanding you can get your needs met in Christ and 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 the scene world that he is a conduit through and um, and that you don't need to sin in order to get your needs met. And you can be who you are. And so you can live with a guilt-free conscience. You can live uncondemnable, which is how God designed his sons and daughters to live. Anyway, I hope this has been a blessing for you today. Um, I'll have to see if I'm going to do part two on this. There's so much richness here. If you want more, I do have a blog at katherinetune.com. You can read more about it. It was a couple parts. It's really good, actually. I think, ah, so good. And I am going to run. Have a fabulous, free, happy day. Love you. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Perspectives with Catherine Toon. For additional information and resources, please visit catherinetoon.com.